Hello and welcome to Switchwit on ESPNTrickInfo.com. This week I'm joined by Andrew Miller and Mark Butcher, while George Bell comes to terms with the retirement of Jack Shantry. There's plenty to chat about over the next half an hour or so, um, as England secured us their second 5-0 whitewash in a one-day series against what has to be said was a rabble of an Australian side. But at the final moment, they did look like stealing a victory, only to be denied by Joss Butler's breathtaking century. Let's start with that innings, because it was so special. Um, Butch, was it in many ways the most significant performance of the series, even though there was the 4-8-1, which we'll come on to in a little while? Uh, it was a magnificent performance. It was. It, remember, we sat at the Oval um, amidst the, uh, the, the, the removal noise. vans and the background noise. Atmosphere. Talk, it was talking atmosphere. about, <laughs> talking about um, England's failure to kind of, you know, to, to have seen off Scotland in a, in a similar circumstance, um, whereby, you know, all it took was for somebody to take the responsibility to grab hold of the game and just go right. I'm going to win. I'm going to win us the match from here. That is what a finisher does. That's the job of the finisher. Josh Butler proved why. Um, as I think I said in that in that particular podcast, why he is the, the the type of person, the type of player who will do exactly that. He can do everything. He can do it. At, you know, you can score at tens, twelves, thirteens to chase something down. But he also has the game and the ability to to temper things to make sure that he gets the job done. Um, he'd already shown he'd already shown signs of being able to play in that manner um, in his uh, foray into the into the IPL with Rajasthan. Um, he made it. He made it quite brilliant. I'm not sure if it was 100 or 90 in one of the one of their sort of must-win games towards the end of the the IPL, um, in which yes, there was the usual brutality, but there was also this sort of measured um, ability to kind of take single score for every ball, manipulate the the strike, do all of the things that we saw him do the other day. So um, this is a guy who is just is maturing in front of our very eyes, um, and has. You know, he is the kind of almost the final piece, the missing piece of the jigsaw that England need in this uh, in this campaign to to win a World Cup finally. Um, and if he continues on the sort of upward path that he's on in, in all forms of the game, then you know he will be better than Dhoni. He will be you know, more valuable to England than, than perhaps anybody else in the side. Um, and I don't think that's hyperbole to say that um, Australia weren't great. It has to be said. You know, they didn't have. Um, a warn or, 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 or somebody bowling an amazing reverse swing at the death that might have made things different. But the fact of the matter are, England smashed their best team um, away from home at the back end of the Ashes. Um, they've now beaten their second or second and a half team um, at home. Um, we couldn't so, do that in the mid nineties. <laughs> couldn't. Do, no. Although, did, yeah, Texaco Trophy three nil. Yeah, of course. Nineteen ninety-seven. So there, 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 there was a there was a there was a white there was a white there was a whitewash. But yeah, I mean, yeah, fabulous. A great, great performance. And just what was required, I think, um, to show, to prove to, to, the, to the, the doubters that are still out there and will still be out there until the World Cup gets underway, that, um, that England aren't just one-trick ponies. It's not just get your heads down, smash it all over the place, bully teams into submission, but then when it really comes down to it, they don't have the game to kind of get over the line in a, in a tricky little dogfight. So all good. Miller, I, I believe you were marking your big 4-0 while England were going for 5-0 um, uh, weekend, but just... Just 40. Uh, uh, j- just 40. Yeah. <laughs> 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 the job's ageing him. But yeah. <laughs> very, very tough paper round. Just to kind of pick up on what Butcher is saying, not about your age. About, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh, this is getting feisty. Ouch. Yeah, yeah. Um, no, no, keep it, keep it friendly for another 20 minutes, lads, and then you can... Sort each other out. Um, 
<laughs> just picking up on what Butch was saying now on a slightly wider point, is it is it possible to say now that given what he's done in the test matches in the two tests this summer, there's the IPL form, uh, we're going to see some T20 cricket soon, um, he stood in for, as captain for Owen Morgan in one game, is Josh Butler now the most significant cricketer England have and you can include the likes of Ben Stokes in that? He's certainly heading that way, isn't he? I mean, absolutely. He's 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 the guy who is going to win us matches and that that are otherwise a lost cause. I mean, you know, going back to that original point though, that was about your age. The the original, the original, (laughs) original, original, the original point about was this the most significant performance? I think absolutely it was because for the first time this series there was an absolute well maybe the second time because the first game was tight as well. But you come to a having won a series four nil. And you're going into clearly targeting the whitewash. Anything less than a whitewash against this team would have been a failure. Just as, you know, getting through the group stages in the World Cup next year and then getting knocked out in the semi-finals would have been a failure. This was a win or bust situation for England. A bit like Scotland was, frankly, and they mm. were bust on that occasion. One-off game, yeah. And on this occasion, Joss Butler came to the party when everyone else went a little bit missing and produced an absolutely breathtaking performance that has given me more hope that England can buck the trend in a World Cup than I've experienced hitherto because mm-hmm. you know the, it, it's still I'm still perfectly willing to believe they can cock it up on the big day but when they've got a guy who has simply arrived at the crease for 27 for 4 and said I'm not going to lose this match and you're going to stay with me until I've won it uh, that's quite mm-hmm. in, quite inspiring to see and you know Ben Stokes is a brilliant cricketer but would he have had the ability to to be you know play the big shots and keep his cool at the same time. Butler removed his ego from the situation. Exactly, didn't he? I'm yeah. not saying Butler. Doesn't which is, I don't which, think he has a massive ego. Which is the, which is often the downfall yeah. of England in that. Which and there was, is, a was exactly of, which is exactly England's chase. downfall in the run chase against Scotland. It was yeah. exactly that. It yeah. was mm. ego. It was we're just going to keep blasting it out the park. Blah blah blah. Somebody will get us over the line. Mm. Sod that. Yeah. You can't. You know. You can't be like that in in matches that you absolutely have to win when the when the pressure is on like that. Um, I mean, the Ben, ben Stokes, there's two things actually at the back end of that game. is the usual sort of conversation, or the usual questioning, um, that goes along the lines of, oh, well, you know, does, do we need to get Joss up further up the order? Which, which, what's his best position to bat in? I think number six is the best position for him to bat in. It is the sort of, it's the pivotal, pivotal role. And yes, there will be occasions whereby, you know, England have got off to such a flyer that you lob him up there at number four and Joe gets his leg, lead boots on and ends up at seven again or whatever it is. Um, you know that's absolutely fine. That's all tactical. But in terms of building your team, a batting lineup that is that is capable of kind of doing everything that this England batting lineup can have, then the place to start with Joss before a ball is bowled is number six. Um, absolutely vital position. Even if you even if you don't get as many overs out of him as you as you want to at the end, that's probably because you've been going completely berserk and you've scored millions anyway. But when it comes to marshalling run chases. When it comes to um, to being able to work out what what an appropriate score is on it, or what might be a tricky pitch, you need somebody who can calculate these things and who is cold enough to remove his ego from the equation and to do what is required in order to get the job done. That's what the likes of Michael Bevan do did. That's what MS Dhoni has done for so many years, and it's and it's that 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 removes um, mercurial ability almost. It t- kind of takes away that you know all the stuff that we know that he's got. It, it boils it down to that one essence, which is. Do you have the balls um, in your head? Is that right? <laughs> <laughs> the balls in your mind <laughs> to be able, to be able to kind of like to withstand everything—the pressure of the run chase, the pressure of the situation, um, whatever it is—make the right decisions and get the W in the uh, in the in the column. That's and that's the essence of it. 
if we just take a look at the, the series as a, as a bit more of a, a whole, we've kind of touched on the fact that anything less than a 5 0 would would have been a disappointment against that Australian side, especially having gone 3 0 and then 4 0 up. But the way England did it, by and large, was mighty convincing throughout. Let's start at the top of the order. Uh, Johnny Bairstow and Jason Roy quickly formed the most destructive and probably most importantly consistent opening pair England have had in a while. I mean, Roy and Hales would impress individually. They rarely fired together. These two seem to complement e- e- each other very well. I mean, is this now... Is This, this I presume now, is nailed on. Roy and Bairstow for as long as they are. I think it surely has to be, although, as we saw in the Champions Trophy last year, you can, you can, you can have all your plans laid out nicely, but if form suddenly deserts one of those two, then you've got to change, change tack. But absolutely, in a, in a, in, in a fair wind behind them, that makes perfect sense because, I mean, the way in which Johnny just comes steaming out of the blocks, I mean, the thing, the thing is, I always, back in the day, a year ago, you always assumed that Johnny was the one who was a little bit pedestrian compared to the, the sheer power that the other two could bring to their game. But the finesse and the way in which he just finds the gap in the covers every bloody time. He, <laughs> it, 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 the, the contrast between the way in which uh, watching the likes of Shaw Marsh, say, who has had a cracking series, but slightly more limited. And, you know, he would play a cover drive, he would hit, hit extra cover, dot ball. Play a cover drive, hit extra cover, then finally get one through. Like was, watching Alistair Cook play, wasn't it? There was never, like that ever, any doubt. And that's no disrespect yeah. to Alistair Cook. No disrespect yeah, at all, yeah. but there's the angles that, that Bairstow is able to find with the same shot each time and just rifle it through the covers uh, is just beggar's belief. And then, having done that, you got you got the arc for, for Hales and Roy to come and, um, and, and smash through the leg side and, and straight down the ground, in Roy's case. I mean, the, the dynamic that goes on at the top of that order is, is formidable, and it, it is amazing, really, the, given the quality of those three, that it is always one of those three who you're talking about having to miss out mm. when, when, the, when the full strength side comes back. I mean, what a problem to have. We'll, 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 make, we'll talk about that in a little while. Well, I just wanted to talk a little bit more about Jason Roybush, someone mm. who you will have followed quite closely with your story connections yeah. uh, over the years. Have you seen in this series um, significant technical changes or is it a confidence thing? He, he, I mean, he started the series by getting bowled through the gate and perhaps we thought, oh, that's that old weakness of Jason Roy, a mm. bit hard-handed. And then the middle three games, he played, like, as well as I've ever seen him. Have yeah. you seen anything change or well, do you think, I think he's just in Nick? I think he's, I think he's done a little, bit of, a little bit of work and it's very, very... It's very minimal and it's very difficult to pick up with the naked eye. It's basically about where he, where he takes his back lift. Yeah. Um, batsmen who get into trouble with, uh, to left-arm spin, in particular right-handers who get trouble with left-arm spin, it's because the, kind of like the hands go out a little bit towards gully and so the bat comes inside to out and therefore with the angle coming in from wide of the crease but you know i hope everybody's picturing this in their head um you know that the hands have to come into out and you never ever got the bat on line with the ball i guess we saw it a little bit in that last innings he played he charged agar wasn't quite in line right never uh, not quite yeah, but yeah. so uh, so all he's done as far as i can tell for just just from watching him very very closely is just i just think he's making sure that because he has a, he has a slightly sort of um, slightly unorthodox grip, slightly bottom hands a little bit far around, wherever he just make, making sure that he's taking his bat almost directly back towards the keeper, as opposed to sort of a, a slightly less bottom-handed grip might take the ball a little bit more towards first slip or second slip. He's just taking it back ramrod straight, so that when it comes down, it comes down like a barn door. And the difference between the, the, the con- consistency and cleanness of his ball striking from the moment that he he made that change after quite rightly getting uh, getting ribbed a bit for, for getting knocked over to left arm spin again um, suddenly everything just seemed to hit the middle of the bat um, and nothing else has changed I don't think really I mean he's still I still think 
that he gets he gets unnecessarily kind of down on himself for not timing the ball or hitting the ball sweetly at the early part of his innings. You know, the shoulders kind of slump and he kind of gets a bit, a little bit like Nick Kyrgios, gets a little bit, <laughs> a little bit <laughs> grumpy with himself. Um, but when he's flying, geez, I mean, he's just so difficult to stop. And that's against all types of bowling. You know, the, the, the spinners will go out of the park too. It's not as though he's a he's a duffer against them. So just really pleased. I mean, I mean the, the the difficulty is is that it is possible that one of the three of them is going to miss out, and we don't know what's going to happen form wise between now and um, the next World Cup. The great thing about it is is that England in their top six or maybe even top seven, they're pretty much all world class players. So whichever one of them is unlucky enough for them to miss out, it's not going to be down to the fact that one of them isn't quite as quite up to the job. They're all bloody well up to the job. It's just going to be the decision made on who is playing the best at the time, which keeps them all on their toes. Which means look out, whoever England, you know, whoever England play, um, you know, India coming up next yeah. or whatever, because these guys are so driven to keep scoring because they know that. They have a couple of bad games. Stokesy comes back and suddenly one of them's out on their ear. Well, I mean, it's even... It's the debate has even started, partly because there's not all else that can be discussed, is does it come down to, to, to Root and Morgan? Are, 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 they, are they unbelievably vulnerable in, in, in this setup? And kind of, I mean, that's the, that's the statement I mean, one day. Side. It is only fair to include them in the debate because yeah. it, it, would be, it would be wrong to have any sacred cows in the team, but... Don't touch them, <laughs> frankly. <laughs> Talk about no sacred cows. No sacred cows, yeah. but you cannot go but. into the World Cup without Joe Root's quality as a bloke who can just get you to the end on that bad day or that tough wicket, that pure mm. class and the ability to nurdle the singles and get the hitters back on strike. And as for Morgan, I mean, you know, his, his stats may not stack up as a as a consistent body of work in the way that they may have done a few years ago, but as a, as a as an orchestrator of this team and... And as a brain, as a guy who can bring Joe Root on in the sixth over and keep bowling him to the 27th because well, I mean, no one's hit him out of the Root's park. bowling has added his... He's had a lean series at the bat. Yeah. Yeah. But his bowling has... has I mean, 10 overs for 44. We were laughing that the Aussies let him get through but that. I but give, I, but give, the, I give the credit for that to Morgan. No, no, exactly. Root, that, that's what I mean. So his, you've got his captaincy is, and the His captaincy yeah. is another level. So good. So so right now, this second, has Hales' 147 changed anything or is he the man to miss out if Ben Stokes plays that first game uh, in uh, India? Ben Stokes is a lot as far as I can see does he come straight back in well it, it, as far as I can see he's not he's not ready fitness wise anyway mm. and no he doesn't come straight back in he can't at the moment because he's not going to be up to speed and it's very very unfair as, as great a, as great a player as he is and as um, you know as, as, as um, game changing a player as, as he is and can be at the moment, he's not ready. And, I don't, and nobody, as far as I can see it, gets into this side unless they're at their best. No one. So at the moment, he's sitting on the outside. And this argument will rage for a little while longer. Is he in their best 11 when everybody's fit and firing? Yes. But he's not. So, so basically, he does not stroll straight back I mean, into the, the, the side. The danger you'd have at the moment, if you, put, if you threw <coughs> Stokes back in in this scenario, you might end up with the sort of scenario he had going into the 2015 World Cup where he's clearly bristling to succeed, trying to smash every ball out of the park and getting duck every time. You know, not predict, not saying that's what would happen, but to, to try and, given this this team is going 100 miles an hour already, he's got to, he's got to come in on the sl- on the slow lane and, and build, build himself up to speed before he hits yeah, the motorway. Absolutely, absolutely right. So he's going to, you know, he needs to go off and play some cricket. So Stokes wasn't part at all of this series. He may or may not play against India. But if we just go back to the, the Trent Bridge game during the series we've just seen, England's world record 
probably felt inevitable from about the 15th over <laughs> of, of, of that innings. In the end, it felt as though they'd missed a chance of getting 500. They should really have strolled to that like, extraordinary <laughs> times um, that we live in. But it, it didn't take long for the debate to start about the balance between bat and ball. Again, Sachin got involved, so hey, it must be important. He never, <laughs> he never sticks his calls to the mast on any time in so, years. So, but overall, <laughs> overall in this series, um, uh, overall in this series, and it's, it's a conversation that's going on internally with our desk at the moment about how, how we cover it. We've had, we had two scores in this series, two matches in the series where 200 was nearly match winning. Now you can debate whether that's because of the quality of the batting or not, but there was two scores of 200. <laughs> um, there was a 340 plays 300 game, which is, is which was pretty about entertaining. Par, yeah. And then there was the world record and then there was albeit quite a mundane affair at Durham, but that's because England was so good. So yeah. it, is there really a problem here? Butch? Nope. No problem whatsoever. <laughs> it's just the game. That it's that Yes, Teams have become have become unbelievably adept at being able to score ridiculous run rates over a long period of time, but that's due to that is due to the players becoming better than you ever dreamt that they could be. I mean that's that's basically where we are. Batsmen who are able to to play um, at high risk, shrinking those or, big bats sort of made all the difference. The, yeah, exactly. Yeah. I knew it would. I knew it would. <laughs> <laughs> you know. And you've also got you've also had a case where whereby you've had, you've had a, a very Average bowling lineup running into a very very fine batting lineup, so that has its own has its own problems. But you've also had two games where two hundred was was almost good enough. That's this is the game. It, it's never it's not the same all of the time. Um, and 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 quite frankly, I get so so cross with people kind of finding things to moan about when this is the best fifty over cricket you will ever see. And, I, and I'm not having it. I will not have it that those you know that two forty plays two four two plays. 180 was a good game back in the old days with blokes bowling 78 or with Chris Harris bowling 10 overs for 23. Sorry, that's It's nonsense. It's rubbish. It's It was rubbish. What we're seeing here is, you know, it's keeping this this format of the game alive. This was dead. It was a dead game, 50 over cricket. And now it's become something that people want to buy tickets for and go and watch again. I've got two... two, two, Clean language, please. Two points points on this. The first first point is that bowlers, frankly, have just got to adapt. I mean, there are are tricks up bowlers' sleeves in this day and age. The back of the hand slur ball, the the, the cutters, the, the, the slower ball bouncers, all this sort of stuff was never in play when reverse swing was an option. People have had to find new ways to skin their cats and if they end up going for 86 off, off, off 10 overs but they pick up three vital wickets they've still done a good job it's almost what Adol Sheets rolls yeah. if he takes three for Precisely. 70 that's wickets. a match winning performance wickets you know, the way you know if you can sucker these batsmen who are trying to hit you out of the park by being subtle through through the air in whatever way then well played to you and that, that does not mean that you know your figures at the end of the game are not reflective of your role at any particular point of the game and that's something that T20 has taught us with a new way in which we look at our smart stats and all that sort of stuff. Mm. And the second point, going back to Butcher's point, and this extends to the women's game as well, which I happen to have an interest in because I'm taking my girls down to watch the women's final mm. next Sunday. And I can't wait to watch Lizelle Lee, and, or if, if she makes it, or if Su- or Susie Bates, if they make it. Or Tammy Bowman. Or Tammy Bowman, yeah. if, if England make it. Yeah. Can't wait to watch them slot every single ball out of the park because the mm. kids are going to love it. Yeah. Their kids will be more interested watching that than they will watching Anya Shrubsell, God bless her, uh, bowl them out for for hundred or something. Or something. Yeah. I, you know, let's face it. That's what that's what people would much rather see. The, the grounds, like Trent Bridge, Trent Bridge for me poses a problem because the dimensions of the grounds are not big enough for international cricket. Right, that that stand, the ground is fabulous, has wonderful atmosphere, brilliant, great pitch, great entertainment. They do they do the day as well as anybody. But you cannot have a fifty yard boundary on one side with these with these cricket players. We just can't. That is not fair. 
you know, the, the, the debate about the two, the two white balls. Does anybody remember why we now have two white balls? This goes round and round in circles, like, like it always does with cricket, because people completely forget the reason that this thing was changed in the first place. It was changed because, you remember they had that ruling where after 30 seconds over, they would change the ball anyway, because it got dark and you couldn't see it. Right, and then you'd have all this nonsense with the field. Well, not nonsense actually, but it was it was perfectly justified. Where the fielding team would be like, "Well, hang on a second, this ball's now reverse swing. We've got something going in our favour. You're going to give them a brand new pill, and they're going to start slotting it out of the park again." All of those things used to happen on a regular basis, and it caused people all kinds of arguments. Now they've gone to two new white balls, and that doesn't happen anymore. But what does happen is the ball. Obviously, they stay quite hard. You don't get a great deal of reverse, and they go out of the park. I'm afraid. I'm sorry about that. You know, <laughs> it's just, it's just tough. But the, the, one the, thing, the one thing, no, but I do have absolute sympathy. Sorry, swing bowler as well. Absolute sympathy <laughs> for, for, you know, for captains and for bowling sides when you have these not absolute nonsense, um, dimensions on cricket grounds. That's the one thing that you could, you could make some, some difference about. But, you know, Alex, I think Alex Hale's top edged, uh, top edged hook shot got completely done, top edged hook shot, and it literally went 60 yards. Mm. That was 10, 10 yards over the boundary. Yeah. You know, that's, that's not fair. And I, and I will, will 100% concede that. But, you know, I, I always go back to the, 20, the World Cup in Australia and New Zealand. There are an enormous amount of games where, where 200 was, was good enough. The bowlers had lots and lots of times where they were on top in that, including the final, including the incredible game between uh, Australia and New Zealand um, at, the, at the Cake Tin or whatever. Yeah, brilliant thought, brilliant yeah, games of cricket, yeah. low-scoring matches. The bowlers had, had their fun in that tournament. But... All of the noise and all of the complaints and all of the people being up in arms about the game going to hell in the handcart were about um, A.B. de Villiers scoring a 60-ball 100 against one of the worst West Indies bowling attacks you've ever seen. Now, how people can't conflate the fact A.B. de Villiers, incredibly brilliant, bowling attack, totally useless, you know, that was, that was the issue. That was the mismatch. It wasn't the fact that there was something wrong with the game itself. It was the fact that sometimes you get brilliance against rubbish. Mm. And this is where these enormous numbers come from. And it's no more than that. Will India's two wrist spinners and Jasprit Bumrah and their seamers give us a better idea of where the England, what the England side is capable? Surely. They, they may still hit 400. They're that good. But two wrist spinners, very good wrist spinners. That maybe not, maybe not at Trembridge where we they do play a game. That will be interesting. But that will should be a different challenge. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not predicting three 0 Put it that way. I think it's a shame, frankly. I'm, how? When have we ever said? I wish there were shame more there were ODI. More, 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 more the ODIs. <laughs> but what can you do? You can't yeah. can't have it always. But yeah, I, I would imagine it's going to be a two-one series in either direction. Frankly, I think it's going to be a much stiffer test of England's um, England's resolve rather than their skills. I think it's uh, can they both from batting and bowling. Yeah, totally. I, yeah. I think I think the bowling is the weak point. To be perfectly honest, I think um, uh, uh, Rashid and, and Moeen were probably made to look better than they than they actually are. Moeen, in particular, I think uh, uh, has been flattered given what we saw this winter. Um, Rash, as we know, he'll pick up wickets and go for a few, but that's his role, and I think he's comfortable with it. It's uh, Moeen will be the interesting one. Um, I would expect uh, India to play him a lot better, put it that way. Mm. So yes, it, it will be a much stiffer test, and, and and I think this will be the series in which. That depth of options will be tested. Not having Wokes, not having Stokes, just means that England can't take the field with six or seven bowling options. They've got to go in with five, maybe six, and that that means that if one person gets collared, you can't then turn to someone else with a golden arm and, and pull them up, pull a rabbit out of the hat. Although 
Given what we saw with Joe Root, maybe maybe <coughs> there, there is an option there. But great, it's going to be a good. Oh, great, great fun. Absolutely, looking, can't wait. Really looking forward to it. Just a little bit more on England's bowls, because as you said, Andrew, it, it has it's been accepted that it, it's the weaker link. But when you can score three fifty at the drop of a hat, it's it's kind of not not as big a problem as it might be. But in the series against Australia, England didn't take many wickets at all with the new ball. I think they might have taken two in their mm. like the first spells combined. Um, but they could take wickets in the middle overs or mm-hmm. latter overs. We saw it perfectly in Durham. 220 for one becomes 300 for nine, and it, it's knocked off at a canter. Um, we talked about Rashid Plunkett as well. It continues to be vital in those middle overs. Does yeah. that does that compensate for the lack of perhaps penetration with the new ball, or is it is it important England do find a way to to take some early wickets at some yeah, stage? Yeah, I mean you would you would imagine that that's. Wokes comes back into the into the lineup, and you kind of take care of that problem mm. to an to an extent. But again, you know, you go back to the not so distant past. Um, England would regularly take a couple of wickets in the power play, and then not take another one for the rest <laughs> of the game. You know, they didn't have they didn't have the thing. The, the one thing the one thing that that all teams need in fifty over cricket now is is a way of taking wickets through the middle period. Without them, you you yield three fifty every time. Mm. And that's the one thing that England have got in their favour is that Mo, although Mo's been sort of doing a bit of damage in the in the power play overs, hasn't he? He's been going really well in the in yeah, the power which play. Yeah, like seven. Or but something with Rashid like Plunkett and Moeen um, through the middle overs, England have finally, finally found uh, find, found some guys who can who can stop a run glut from occurring when the field goes back when the you know when the ball's not when the ball's doing even less than nothing, mm. um, you know, and that's utterly vital. Because we never had it, ever had it. We always said, you know, Goff could could take some wickets with a new ball, Alan Mullally or you know whoever we were up there in the rankings at the time. I suppose Flintoff was just, would lit- just closer. Yeah, Freddie was, Freddie was yeah. probably, but he was kind yeah. of a lone hand, wasn't yeah. he? He was on his, on yeah. his own there. Yeah. Somebody that could make make something happen when when the uh, when the field goes back. Mm. But now we have got two or three, and yeah. that's you know you then you then couple that with with Wokes coming back and perhaps nipping the odd one out with a new ball, and you've got a you've got a really decent bowling attack. Let's just throw ahead a little less than 12 months then and the 15-man squad for that World Cup. 13 names, you'd say, are nailed down. The 11, the first choice 11 from this series, plus Stokes and Wokes. So that leaves a spare batsman probably and one more quick bowler. I think that's probably the balance England have been going with in recent 15-man squads. Um, England know they have a specialist drinks carrier in Sam Billings. (laughs) Do they know anything else about him? And is he going to be the fall guy from this very settled squad that could open the door for someone to come in late? Yeah, I, well, I mean, I said it at the end of the the um, actually it was a great little great little showdown at the weekend, isn't it? The Royal London final. You're going to have yeah. Billings captaining Kent against Vince captaining Hampshire. Um, you know, my my Sam Billings is is very very talented boy. I think he's also been reasonably fortunate in his career to have kind of had so much representative cricket, albeit as a drinks waiter. <laughs> um, you know, the time in the IPL, all this kind of stuff. What Sam Billings needs is to play. A lot of cricket, you know, he needs to play a season of cricket all the way through the summer for, mm. for Kent and actually get some numbers behind his his undoubted ability. Um, and then, of course, you've got James Vince, who is probably, you know, outside of the England lineup, the best the best one day batsman in the country. David Millan, James Vince, it's still, yeah, 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 James Vince, yeah, <laughs> no, no, that's fine. It's just yeah, no. someone no, else no, going just, out there as a I, who I hasn't think, actually played an ODI, but no, I think yeah. he's. Uh, 
you know, and, and in another era, he would he'd, he'd be first name on the team sheet. Yeah. At the moment, he, he would be looking at. You know, I almost look at it and think, well, England kind of already got a spare batsman, haven't they? Because one of the one of the guys who's in might might well, well end up being is, out. The, the other option, therefore, <sighs> you look at that route is 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 you look for another all rounder. Well, what's what's the the situation? So do, do, hasn't, does Sam Curran, for example, get in? As another all round, as opposed to filling that extra bowl. Possibly, slot. possibly, mean, it's option. it's a possibility. But you also hasn't there been some sort of some um, underhand shenanigans with Jofra Archer getting his uh, well, his application so, pushed I mean, straight forward? I mean that that's the type of that's the I type mean, of guy that would you know he's talk about wicket taking capability at any point. He's he's your man, isn't he? Well, if, he um, if he came into the team, I mean, I think the call off the World Cup. Frankly. Would you? If he became eligible, yeah. would you pick him for the World Cup? Yeah. Yes. You wouldn't be concerned about any last-minute kind of... No, I mean, but he. But as, as we've already yeah. pointed out, he's kind of like one of the two on the outside. So he just, he's just another squad member to mm. kind of bolster your, you know... I wouldn't have any issue with that whatsoever. I mean, he's that, he's that good, he's that talented. Um, whether or not he sh- this whole thing should be, uh, should be allowed is another thing okay, altogether. Yeah. And I certainly don't buy into the idea that you... Uh, you, 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 uh, you push the boundaries of the, of the laws, of the rules... Um, just because somebody's really good, I mean that's just nonsense. It's either it's either this is it's either this is how it works, or or not. Yeah. yeah. Um, but we'll see. If we if we assume that Joffrey Archer won't be available for selection, um, England had a few other pace bowling options in this squad that's just finished. Um, Jake Ball, Tom Cohen, who actually didn't play because he got injured. Sam Cohen, Craig Overton. Um, which of them do you think heads the pack? My favourite Tom Cohen of that lot. Um, I thought he produced some incredibly impressive <coughs> efforts, particularly the death. Um, obviously, he got his five for in Perth, but I mean, I think I think he just he just looked like a guy who wanted to be the hero. He, you, you give him give him the ball in a tough situation at the end of the match, saying, "You've got six balls to win us the World Cup. Are you up for it?" He's a guy who's going to be up for it, and so I would love to have him as an option. He might not play every game. He might mm. be a bit like a David Willey. He might he might not even bowl half half his overs, but. Given the ball in a crunch situation, I would back him to back himself. He's someone who needs Stokes in the side, doesn't he? Because does he, help, if, yes. you're not, if you're going to play a bowler who might be a specialist five over, six over man, you kind of need that, that yeah, proper pace that. bowling yeah. all round. Precisely him. that. Yeah. But I, I was impressed with him in the winter. Yeah, I mean, and his his brother, it's, I still think he's like a couple of years away from being raised. We, we said when Helps he, when he when he straight ones, doesn't it? <laughs> it does it does help. Makes your fingers look a bit better. It does help. Yeah. Um, and also, you know, his the thing that he's best at, i.e., Bowling with when the ball's brand new because he can swing it and um, and and bowling at the death he probably wouldn't necessarily do. So the ro- the roles that he is best at would not be the things that that England would need from from him. So therefore, I don't really see I don't see him get ending up in the squad. However, you know, it's we are we are a year away, aren't we? So but you know, it, lots of things can change. Sounds like if, if it was then. Tom Curran and James Vince, that would. They, yeah, I don't, I don't think, I don't think there'd be too many of, arguments yeah. with that. Yeah. The one thing that, the one thing that worries me about that balance though is the lack of backup for Plunkett. I don't see anybody in the squad who can do his role to his, to that ability. Jake Ball can't hit the deck like Plunkett can. I, I I'm not. Uh, Jake Ball's a new ball bowler as well. Exactly. I mean, that's, that's the thing. Isn't the thing that was his, that was his, that was the issue with him in, in the Ashes was that, mm. was that he was being asked to do something that he doesn't do for, for Nottinghamshire. Um, you know, he, he's not a running back mm. of a length, get it up around people's noses, yeah. sort of bowling with the old ball type bowler. Exactly. He's not a new ball bowler. And Mark Wood can't do it because he skids onto the back as opposed mm. to sort of jumping at the splice. So it, it, it's a very specialist niche that, that Plunkett and only Plunkett can fill in this particular lineup for England. And so, mm. you know, he's 33 now. England just got to nurse him all the way to July the 15th or whenever it is, and then uh, 
that would be done with it. It would be quite a story, wouldn't it, if Liam Plunkett became the man, the key man in England's World Cup campaign 13 years after first time going. Yeah. <laughs> one day cricket, he is one of the better stories in this in this one day team at the moment. Let's just move our attention to what's coming up over the next uh, couple of weeks just to wrap up the show. Um, attention turns to T20 cricket, one match against Australia and three against India. Um, since getting to the final of the World T20 last time, England's record in the format is poor. Um, does that strike you as odd or is it partly a reflection in all the attention being on 50 over cricket uh, for the last couple of years? But um. Yeah, or, or, or are those formats I mean, now diverging that yeah, you can't say success in one means success they in are, another? No, I, I think because England's squad isn't going to isn't massively different, or its best best squad isn't going to be massively different between the, the two formats. It's not a you know, it's hardly a, a change between them. Um, I do think that there is a, there's a certain amount of you know, the eye being elsewhere. You know, they have experimented quite a bit and, and sort of handing out caps a bit like confetti for for 2020 mm. games, and it also you know it, it also reflects. Um, it also reflects the idea that I wholeheartedly endorse that kind of T20s out, internationals outside the World Cups are pretty much pointless. You might as well not play them. Um, let, leave it to the to the franchises, leave it to the club teams, leave it to the counties, um, and and just convene um, a World Cup every every four years for for the T20 or every year as it will be in 2020, well, 2021. Indeed, They've indeed. Got, we've got back to back until know, the Champions Trophy comes back again. So there is a, there's does. a T20 coming up now, isn't there? After the one day, it's yeah. standalone. 2020. It's ba- it's basically for the venue, isn't it? It's for the venue to, to get to have a nice day it's out. The venue, it's for the punters. It's it's, it's an afternoon out. But it kind of it, what is it? I mean, it's, yeah. Who cares? Yeah. I mean, the thing, the thing about the thing about T20 or, or, or more to the point, the thing about England's one day squad is that they have this confidence to take their T20 hitting abilities and extrapolate it across 50 overs in a way that <coughs> we saw this. Australia squad is packed with guys who can bat incredibly quickly in 20 overs. 20 over Craig, Darcy Short. And we saw them win the Maxwell, tri-series. Won the tri-series. With some of these players mm. in it. You know, you, you put them in a 50 over scenario and they just don't trust themselves to, to keep hitting the ball because they know if they miss hit it, they're going to be bowled out in 20 overs. And, and then England. Old Trafford was the perfect example. So, bowled out in 34 overs for mm. 200. Yeah. Precisely, because they, they didn't trust their instincts and didn't, they were, they were visibly caught between Devil and Deep Blue Sea in a way that England just think, oh, what the hell, keep hitting because we know there's someone down the order who will bail us out and if it means we win by three wickets or one wicket, we've won. And, you know, they, they, you know, fair play to them for having the faith to keep going hard. And that, that's something that Morgan has instilled in them. Obviously, they, we've talked before, they need a little bit of subtlety to, to, to mix in to ensure that they don't screw up and have eight for five scenarios. But seems to be coming. That, that trust. They won in New Zealand on some tricky pitches and all that. And Precisely, but yeah. that that trust to to take the the twenty over format and and bash it for fifty overs is what sets them apart. But it also, if you reduce it back to just a twenty over slog, you know England lose that 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 edge, that clear edge they've got in fifty Short, over cricket. Short anyone, twenty becomes anyone, a match exactly. winning. Exactly. Anyone yeah. can anyone can smack it for twenty overs yeah. um, almost without. Yeah. Uh, without fear of completely screwing it up. I was going to, I was going to mention kind of T20 internationally just because, uh, the new FTP, which was confirmed last week, shows a marked increase in bilateral T20s. There's a couple of five match series on the agenda. I think England are involved in one of them in a couple of winters time. Now, whether that remains five, mm. who knows? These things are very fluid, but would suggest, Butch, that you're, you're not a massive or, or, just, or, or you, you don't necessarily see the point, look, maybe, look, is there? If the, you take yeah. a, take a holistic view of, of world cricket, right? And everybody would agree that there's too much of it. Not enough of it is kind of has a has any real sort of meaning. There needs to be more of a, a gap in the calendar for 
just for a break, just mm. to give people a bit of time off and to make whatever's coming up next yeah, seem... Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, whatever's coming up next seem like a special event, yeah. something that you're really looking forward to. And, and not playing T20 internationals bilaterally um, would seem to be the ideal way of doing that. You know, you create some, create some room, create some breathing space, create a little bit of lag for which people might, you know, suddenly think, wow... We haven't had a test match for, for three or four minutes. Maybe we'll go and watch one. You know that type of thing. So I, you know, that's what that's why I don't that why I don't ha- agree with that, it. Is that going to happen when we look around the world? The T twenties are are selling out. There's some big crowds for uh, international T twenty. No, absolutely. The but there are um, but but there are t- there are big crowds for there are big crowds for sort of all types of T twenty. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, do you need do, does big crowds mean does, you need more cricket? Is does, that, does, it, does, does it the does the international international nature of it make it more of a spectacle than um, you know Royal Challengers Bangalore playing Mumbai Indians? I don't think it does. I really don't. Um, and and because there is there's nothing on it. There's no you know there's no kudos to be gained by winning winning the series as an international team. Um, it just seems to me you're just taking up more and more time, um, filling up more and more of the schedule. Wearing out more and more of your assets, which are the players, forcing those players into making more decisions about the type of cricket that they're going to play, having to make calls between whether they're going to play first class and test match cricket anymore, whether they're going to be exclusively white ball players. And whilst you know everybody bemoans that this is happening, and nobody wants to do anything about making it less likely to happen by by st- by, by stopping, just stop, <laughs> stop playing, just the stop cricket. playing the stop. cricket, all the cricket, stop it. <laughs> just, just to end the show, let's just uh, just just want to bring it back to England for one final time. We mentioned Owen Morgan high up the show um, in terms of how his name is is sometimes thrown around about how England fit all their bats into the one day side. Um, do you think there's more chance of it, of seeing him move aside from the T20 format, either voluntarily or he's given a push once once the World Cup's out of the way and England look at their white ball cricket again? Can you see that? And it limps back to Josh Butler. He yep. seems a logical. It does. Is that a more logical change you could see happening? I think it is. I think I, I think it's perfectly plausible. But the thing, is, the thing with Morgan is he's not old. He's he's, he's, mm. he's, he's been around. For but he's not point. unique anymore, is he? That's well, the that's, that's that, I guess that's the thing. Kind of if you look yeah. at England's best six T20 batsmen. Is Morgan one of them anymore? Yeah. I, I, he, he might be. He might. Well, be, he just yeah. scored, he's just scored, Fast, a, tw- just scored a twenty ball fifty yeah, yeah. In, a, in a world record innings. So <laughs> yeah. you know, it's a really, it's, it's, it's yeah. once again, it's extraordinary questions yeah. to be asking. Quite right to be asking them, but there are extraordinary questions reflecting an extraordinary team at the moment, and and it, mm-hmm. it is there are no easy answers because there are so many people putting their hand up to be a part of what is becoming an incredibly impressive outfit. I suppose the. Perhaps the Joe Root debate is also more relevant to mm. the T20 side. Mm-hmm. Is given the shortness of the game, the whole debate of do you need that? Cla- has that now gone out? Do you just need eleven hitters? Well, do you just want eleven. I mean, hitters? one of the, probably the best T20 innings I've seen in in the last five ten years was Root's pace against South Africa, eighty six yeah. odd to 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 win a two thirty run chase. Yeah. It was absolutely phenomenal. Yeah. I and mean, you know he he, he won it by, by finding gaps. It's funny though, isn't it? Because he he kind of hasn't. He's not reached those heights since. No. In uh, in in T Twenty cricket in particular, I mean we know he's kind of he struggled. Yeah, I mean he struggled to he struggled to sort of his form in general has kind of taken a little bit of a, a mm. dip in terms of his run scoring in Test match cricket and, and even in the Twenty over game. But that's not to say that he won't gather that back again. But in the T Twenties, you can just sort of look at him, and just go, just 
there there are other people who are better at this than you now, and perhaps you're not. Well, I mean, the, the IPL auction you can you can scoff at the at the meat markets aspect of it, but you can't argue with the fact that they they have an awful lot of analysts paying an awful lot of money to to judge the money ball elements that go into into everything, and he wasn't picked up at the IPL despite and, putting and himself a, in a fairly low benchmark. There's a, and there's a very good reason for that, not not because he isn't any good, but it's just simply because in what India what do India need classical number four batsmen. <laughs> that's what, yeah, they've, that's got that they've got millions of, and they're younger, and they can pay them less money. What and he all brings the rest isn't a unique skill set anymore, yeah. is it, basically? No, exactly. So that's, that's why he didn't get, not because he isn't a great player, but it's just kind of like the, the one thing that in, India have millions of is guys who can, who can bat in that fashion, and perhaps, perhaps hit it further and harder. Um, and they're all under the age of 22. <laughs> well, quite well. The man we opened the show talking about, Josh Butler, the suggestion he will open in these T20s. Um, you've seen a lot of him in different mm. T20 leagues. Do you think that... Well, you're talking about sixes. You argue strongly for six in 50 every game. Over. Uh, are you a, a fan of him being I as have, high as possible in 20 I have, I have no I have no real sort of argument. Um, obviously, he did it brilliantly for, for the Rajasthan Royals, and it's kind of what has, has, has propelled him back into the, to the test match reckoning. Um, so, yeah, I, I have no issue with that. I mean, the, I suppose the only thing for me is, is that England have got... Three or four other blokes who, for whom he's so good at finishing. Home, well, this is the thing. It, it, uh, and my, yeah. my argument at the time while this was all going on was that it depends on the team he's playing in. Perhaps for Rajasthan Royals, yep, yeah, opening the batting for them is is the best best place for him to be. But for England, when they've got three or four other guys who could all open the batting, all get it, all get get you off to a flyer, all capable of scoring hundreds, but who aren't necessarily anywhere near as useful to the team if they're not opening the batting. Whereas Joss can bat anywhere. And he's incredibly useful to the team, coming in at a, at a you know at a certain point of time in in a run chase or a certain point of time in the game. So for, on, on that score, I'm I'm not sold on the idea of him as an opener in T20, because there's a there's a whole team to be to be considered around Joss and his usefulness. Um, it's not just a question of um, you know what's what's best for him. So you know if he opens. Oh well and good, he'll probably be amazing because he's amazing. If he bats at number four, he will probably be amazing too. But I just wonder what's going to happen to the other people who aren't as good as him batting when the field's back and spinners are on and whatever, um, as they are when they're opening the batting. Well, we'll see over the next few days what England do with their T20 side again in those matches against India and Australia. But we'll wrap things up there for this week's show. Australia have one more chance to leave with a victory with that game at Edgebaston tomorrow. And then we look forward to uh, watching Virat Kohli and company over the next two months. We'll be back in a couple of weeks' time to build up to that main event of the summer, but for now, from Nasha, Miller and Butch, it's goodbye and thanks for joining us on ESPNFinfo.com. Mm-hmm.